generally speaking about the church, 36. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And DG Helms. And today we're here to say... We are so sorry. We're sorry. Alrighty. DG, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, too. I really am. I apologize. Yes. And no, we're not responding to feedback that we've received from all of our <laughs> listeners. In fact, I don't think we got any this week. Well, I think we got one. Did we get one? Awesome. Let me and check I didn't it out. Ever, I haven't ever... I didn't ever listen to it. I feel bad. Oh, you didn't listen because to I, the feedback? I, I get it on my iPhone and I can't I, I can't play it on my iPhone. I'm gonna have to change our voicemail service to somebody who sends me an MP3 then instead I of a wave file. Oh that yeah. <laughs> we don't want really good clear music. We want, <laughs> exactly. we want less than better. Well the wave file comes in at eight thousand or what it hurts. It's not that great. Oh really? Yeah, so uh, anyway, but let's uh content you, you say we do have um about the church, check. Oh, check it out. Something. We have we. You and I were talking about future topics. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, let's see here. Our good friend Richard Emblem from England says, "You guys make a per. You and DG make a perfect team. Each show is better than the one before. We need to get like spandex, spandex, <laughs> and we'll be just be the superheroes because we make a perfect team." <laughs> Uh, ATC logo right on the chest <laughs> right there, baby. All right. Number one, like DG, my wife and I use the breviary, uh, a.k.a. daily office, a.k.a. morning and evening prayer. An audio version is available from Father Roderick's SQPN, which is at sqpn.com, by the way. That's cool. Uh, called the Pray Station Portable. And so check that out. <laughs> That's cheesy. He said, oh, come on. <laughs> the PlayStation Portable? The PlayStation? Uh. It was actually created for the pre- the PlayStation. It's, uh, it's, a vid- oh, okay. it's actually video, and it's formatted for, for, the, PS- uh, for okay. the PSP. Yes. Right, okay. See? It's not... Uh, it's Still not, a little cheesy. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Father Roderick, we love you, brother. All right. So, oh, definitely, definitely. <clears throat> PlayStation Portable is a great podcast if you want to inject a bit of spiritual spirituality into your busy day uh, day-to-day life is what it actually says. I'm going to learn how to read next week. Hooked on Phonics is on its way. <laughs> Turn your mobile phone, your iPod, or even your PSP into a powerful PlayStation by subscribing to this feed. You will automatically down each a fresh episode, morning and evening prayer every day of the week. You don't need to sit down in a church to pray. PlayStation makes your prayer portable. Nice. How about that? Bring it on, subways and... All right, Richard also says the another daily resource that we highly recommend is Pray As You Go at pray-as-you-go.org. <laughs> Someone was really stretching for a domain name. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> There's nothing left. We've got to come up with something. Basically, he says a new prayer session is uh, produced every day. It's not a thought of the day, a sermon, or a Bible study, but rather a framework for your own prayer. Uh, lasting between 10 to 13 minutes, it combines music, scripture, and sometimes questions for reflection. The aim is to help you, number one, become more aware of God's presence in your daily life. That's all good. No, that's cool. Uh, listen to and reflect on God's word. Rock on. And grow <laughs> in your relationship with the big guy upstairs, although he did say God, and I just chose to paraphrase. Oh, you said big guy upstairs. Yeah, big guy upstairs. All right, so... Um, <laughs> Even what? though I believe that God is genderless and colorless. Hey, whatever. <laughs> Just I'll give you our time. <laughs> That's great. That'll be a future the topic. Big, the big colorish genderless blob in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm pretty sure that the clouds are forming outside on this beautiful screen. <laughs> anyway, he says, blessings on you, DJ, DG and families, uh, Richard in the UK. Richard, thank you. Very much. That's right. And I'll tell you what, since we do have some feedback, uh, and since we do have the ability to play a wave file here in the show, um, we'll go ahead and play this other feedback we have right here. Okay, cool. Hi, this is Rick from Wisconsin, and this comment is for the About the Church podcast. Uh, going back a little ways to your discussion about Bible translations, 
I wanted to throw out one that uh, I would suggest for uh, someone who's a new believer or someone who's a seeker, and that is called the New Century Version. I had never heard of it until recently. I got a Max Lucado study Bible, which was in that translation, and uh, it's very readable, uh, really modern language, uh, kind of close in some uh, aspects to the New Living Translation, but chooses uh, some different wording sometimes. Uh, but I, I'm enjoying reading through it, especially reading through Psalms and uh, Proverbs and the way that it words things in some of those passages. Um, and uh, also noticed in that translation, like uh, in uh, the New Testament, wherever uh, the, the traditional translation might be to um, repent, it will say to um, change your mind and change your heart and mind, and it, which I think is a good way of, of saying that word for someone who's not a church person who might not understand the idea of repent. Yeah. And um, another thing it does is uh, whenever you read one of the parables, it will say Jesus told a story. It doesn't call it a parable. So, you know, I, I think it's a really good version for being easy to read. Um, also in your discussion about uh, the NIV uh, versus the New American Standard, I believe the difference between those two translations from um, something I learned in studying is that the New American Standard Version is actually a um, single-word-to-single-word translation where they try to grapple with each and every word, whereas the NIV is more of a sentence-by-sentence, -sentence, even though word order and uh, such as that doesn't exactly match up. It's more of a what is the thought of this group of words and um, the difference comes in that if, if you're choosing to do a study for, say, a sermon or a Bible study group of a particular word and you get out a strong concordance in the New American Standard, uh, you'll find consistency among the word and the way that it's translated. Um, I have an NIV concordance that I, I got at a great discount, and uh, I do use it, but um, I've noticed that some of the words are... Um, translated in many different ways uh, depending on the context or the you know maybe who the translator in that book was and um, so depending on how you're going to use it for studying I think uh, I, I like the New American Standard a little better as a study Bible even though I have a, the NIV study Bible with all the footnotes and such uh, if I if I want to study something out that I'm going to teach uh, I, I like to compare the two. Um, that's the extent of the comment for this call. Thanks. All righty. Well, thank cool. you so much for that. And what do you say that was the contemporary English version? New Century version. Or the New Century version. I had not uh, yet gotten into that one yet, so we'll have to check that one out. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I was just looking up a little bit of a history on it, and um, it's it's yeah, it's, it sounds like it's it's gender neutral as well as far as the language is concerned. Um, and, um, I'm just, they have a, a guy from Abilene Christian University, a professor of Greek and church history, um, Everett Ferguson. And I've just, I tell everybody, every translation team has got to have a Texan in there because, <laughs> Everett. Every, every, well, because, because Texans actually use the third person plural of y'all <laughs> and, and in most translations, it's just, it just says you. And it really should be y'all. It's talking about a plural understanding of people, but in English that could be translated as you, you know, as you as this group of people, or you individually. Right. And I think that we need translations that say y'all. <laughs> that is we desperately hilarious. need translations that say y'all because then it gets across that he's not talking or, or that whatever the subject is not talking to only you because we live in, in a society that's completely meat oriented. Right, and so when it's completely me oriented, when we read you, we think me, yeah, and and it is not. I mean, literally, like, like at least ninety percent of the time, it is a plural understanding of the word you. Yeah, it's definitely talking about weans. Yes, exactly, Ewans, <laughs> weans. 
<laughs> but that's right. exactly right. So anyway, I, I had to give him a hard time. I'm Very cool. On there. Well, well, it's got a Texan on there, so everything's all good and, <laughs> and fine and dandy in that translation. No, seriously. Um, thank you so much for that awesome call and for sharing uh, some of your thoughts yeah, regarding the Bible translations. It's awesome to have people out there not only not only listening, but really thinking about what we're sharing in these podcasts. And I really hope that that's the case today as we say we're sorry. Exactly. So exactly. As, as we were saying, we're not apologizing. We're not saying we're sorry because we've said something and you guys have responded negatively in feedback. Although if you wanted to leave feedback, you sure. could send it to Cliff at, or I'm sorry, no feedback at gspn.tv or you could call in your feedback yeah, at 859-795-4067. However, today we're saying we're sorry for the way evangelism has happened. On behalf of the entire Big C Church, yes. That's right. (laughs) And so today, we are going to talk about evangelism. (laughs) All right, DG, what is evangelism? (laughs) That was great. Did you like that? That was really funny. Tempity <laughs> drum. It's like you had that. Well, the, only, the only thing I should have done is I should have went evangelism. <laughs> but anyway. Added the echo. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. All I'm right. sorry. <laughs> I'm a little punch today. <laughs> punch sleep. Not punch drunk, but like punch lack of sleep. DG has not slept. That's right. My wife is gone on a mission trip with all of her youth for this oh, entire so week. So when the wife is away, DG sleep. will play. I really have a hard time sleeping when my wife is not here. So, is that right? So I just, I just say, I just deal with it and say, all right, I'm just going to watch a movie or something downstairs and just gotcha. deal with it. So, all right. So what is evangelism? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think that's a sweaty guy on television screaming with a handkerchief. <laughs> Turn or burn, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> Right? I know a lot of people might believe that that's the case. <laughs> or handing out a bunch of tracts of the Roman road and stuff like that, which takes the scripture completely out of context. But, <laughs> but I, you know, it's um, the word itself in the Greek, it comes from the word euangelion. Okay. And uh, euangelion was the party that, that the Roman Empire would throw whenever they had conquered a new enemy and they had taken over a new territory. And so, like you know, this huge celebration would occur uh, and it was basically called the Euangelion. And right. uh, it's also where we get the term gospel from, uh, this good news. So it's a good news party. Let's throw this good news. Uh, we heard this good news, and so we're going to throw a party. And so that's where we get the term gospel. Um, but to evangelize is just to basically share that gospel, to share that that good news with other people, uh, or at least that's what it should be. <laughs> Well, maybe that's where this whole misunderstanding of what we have to apologize, because there are many people I know that take evangelism as defeating the enemy, hmm. taking the message and defeating the enemies. Wow. Yeah, that I, I've seen it, man. Oh, my gosh. Actually, I've been there. I've done it. <laughs> that's why I'm here to say I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. I mean, I just I mean, I think in a lot of a lot of Christians minds the term evangelism and the, and the way you do evangelism is, I mean, it is, it is, its sole purpose is to get conversions, to yes. get people to say yes to Jesus, to denounce Satan and evil and say, this is my God, my one and only God. I'm giving my entire life to Jesus. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that, you know, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that needs to occur, but I think that it needs to occur in a way in which is effective. <laughs> <laughs> and and not only effective for the quote unquote conversion experience, like you know the the three or four things they they say you should do, right? But long term effective, exactly. And See? that's what I'm interested. In. I'm interested in entire lives being transformed by this guy named Jesus, right? And um, that it changes the way we live, it changes the way we work, it changes the way we love our spouses, our families, our coworkers, our friends, our family. Um, you know, it is it is a radical, radical transformation of someone's life. And it is because of the teachings and the life uh, and the actions of Jesus. And um, and and that that's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in, um, you know, sadly, emotional responses to a worship service or to an altar call or something else like that. And it works great. And there's this mountaintop experience when you go to camp, you know, and things like this church camp. And then, and then life sets in, and there was nothing to be able to really have a foundation going on there. We didn't give people an opportunity to really wrestle with what it meant to have a relationship with God 
and how that works and applies in our lives and, you know, just all of that stuff that's involved in it. Um, so I just, I, I think there's so much more effective ways. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I want to just uh, talk about is, is maybe some misconceptions first about evangelism. Sure. Uh, some of the misconceptions are, uh, well, first of all, in the Christian church, uh, you know, in, in many of the organizational churches, there is a a position in the church where one can be employed and their career and vocation and everything is called an evangelist. Oh, yes. Which yes. I think is totally cool. I think that sure. God calls some people. That, that is their main focus, goal, and calling and purpose in life is to go out and spread the message. I, right. in, in, if I'm not mistaken, that's John the Baptist was an evangelist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so th- th- clearly there's something there. But, but one of the mistakes people can make is the thought that, you know, this idea of evangelism. Well, first of all, we still haven't clearly identified evangelism. Let me stay, say this statement and then go back and let's give a little bit more of an understanding. Let's go. In, in real, in our language cool. today, yeah. what evangelism is. But anyway, some people mistakenly believe that evangelism is something left for paid staff of church to do. Basically, bring people, my, my goal is, or, and my purpose in the church is to invite people to church. Exactly. And so that my pastor can preach to them and evangelize them. Right. Or I should be bringing them to summer vacation Bible school. And yeah. so, you know, and it's, come eat the cool, they got great Kool Aid and great cookies there. Come in here and hopefully they'll be taught by the the Sunday school teachers and they will do the evangelism. Right. And so, really, the that's a, I think that's a very misunderstood application of evangelism and and, and I, I want people to understand I believe that you know we're all called to let our life shine before men so that they will see our good deeds and and and, and they will praise God in heaven as a result okay all right well anyway it says it in Matthew 15 yeah, 16 cool. so anyways so basically the idea is that we ought to all be living a life that that point you know that people see in us something that is not of us they yeah. see God in us and points them to God. And so, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna define evangelism in my own words, not not cool. based upon scripture or anything like that, like that. But just over the years, what I've come to understand is, is my responsibility in the role of evangelism is to is to basically bring Christ to the world in such a way that they can see Christ at work in me. And to do that in a way, not only with my my words and deeds and actions, but to also be available to do that if the opportunity arises and the Holy Spirit leads me to even share that even further in a conversation or through a relationship with an individual. And but at the at the same time, to always do so with gentleness and respect. Oh, yeah, the, the, yeah. There's never an application of that where where I believe for me to share with a non-believer that that gentleness and re, and respect does not come into the picture. The only thing is is that um, well, I'll tell you what we'll go we'll go from there. In your mind, does that jive with you? Do you have a different view of evangelism for your own self? Or, yeah, or? no, I th- you know right at the very first, I think you put an emphasis on discipleship. You know who is who is this who is this God living inside me? This Christ, this Jesus in me, <clears throat> and then and it was for the purpose of being able to love your neighbors. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think it'll always go back to love God with every ounce of who you are and to love your neighbors as yourself. Um, and when you love other people, um, they're going to know that you're my disciple because you love one another and you love your neighbors. You right. Know? And it's one of those things where that's when that's where the, the, the gentleness and respect uh, come into play for me. And, um, and, and so I, I would sum it up in my, in my definition, I would join in, in what you're saying, except I would use the word love, uh, because you, I think respect and gentleness comes <laughs> when you actually love someone. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, uh, those are kind of byproducts of the main thing. And the main thing to me is, is that love aspect. So yeah, I think the purpose of it though, is so they can be able to become a disciple of Christ. And when I say the word disciple, what I mean really is an apprentice or a student. Or somebody who follows the teachings of and and it. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, even the one, even the, I, I completely agree with you. But they have to start that process of being able to ask questions, whether right. they're going to follow that teacher or not. They have to number one listen to the teacher, and they have oh, to ask yeah. the teacher a whole bunch of questions and wrestle with those things, and to be able to decide is this someone I even want to follow what they're doing and what they're saying and things like that. And I think that the one thing I really love about Christianity, as far as a religion is concerned. 
it's one of the few ones that says, ask away. Mm -hmm. I really believe that you will find the truth in this. So ask away. And, uh, and you're not going to offend me. You're not going to, you know, this is God saying, you know, ask me questions, get mad at me, get frustrated with me. I'm fine with that. I can handle that. I'm big enough for that. Let's, let's have a relationship. Those are all parts of having a relationship. So. Absolutely. And and what I love about the, about God is he said, he promises, he says, listen, anybody who seeks after me and with their own, with their, with their all, with all their heart, they will find me. Knock, yeah. knock, the door will be open. Uh, anybody who wants wisdom, he promises not to be res- resentful that you've asked. He promises to give you wisdom. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it, you know, seek and you shall find. That, right. that's, that's what God says. And and that's what we ought to believe is that, you know, we, we want to invite people to come and ask God who he is to reveal himself and believe that he will do that. And do that in respect, like you were saying, I mean, in the love is just not to look down at somebody just because they're asking questions. Because, you know, I don't care who you are. You were in the same boat. How dare you get frustrated with a, a, a normal person, which is my term for non-Christian, walking into a church, sitting down. You know, wearing their hat through the entire service indoors. Yes. I, I, you know, oh, come on, let them experience. Let them experience a relationship with God, whatever that looks like, and get over being offended by it. No <laughs> if doubt. If you're a Christian, if you're no Christian, doubt, please get over it. <laughs> so, what I'd like to do, real quick, uh, if you don't mind, I would like to um, read the Great Commission. Uh, that is uh, something that, of course is in every kind of evangelism training course, it's always the first thing somebody brings out. It's it's a pretty important verse so, in the Bible. Exactly. And so um, I really want to read it from two different translations. The first one is from uh, the NIV. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Will you read the message translation? Sure. Jesus uttered, uh, wait, wait, what does it say? Undeterred. Okay, Jesus undeterred. I was like, uttered? There's no utters involved there. There's no milk coming out. Okay, Jesus undeterred, went right ahead. And gave his charge. Good. Oh, sorry. Golly, man. God authorized. my friend. Come on. I thought there was another zero in there. I mean, (laughs) oh. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you as you do this day after day after day, right up to the end of the age. All right. So basically... Jesus, it's kind of like famous last words, you know, <laughs> it's like, what, what's the last thing he asked us to do he, the, as the church? Yeah. He asked us to go out and make disciples. Exactly what you were just talking about. People go and find a group of people who are willing to, to sit down at the feet of the teacher and ask questions to right. learn, to explore this kingdom of God that is at exactly. hand. Yeah. And so that's exactly what it's about. And so basically the job of the disciples was to go out and find people who would be willing to sit down at the feet of the teacher and learn the commands and the teachings that he gave. However, one of the misconceptions of of evangelism is that it is possibly our responsibility that people accept that teaching. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, one of the there's a great book out there, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. Oh, uh, it's called Evangelism Without Additives. Um, and now I'm trying to remember the author, um, Jim Henderson. Okay, uh, he's the off the map church, uh, off the map dot com guy. Anyway, he um, he was saying in, in in this book, Evangelism Without Additives, um, that we need to as Christians need to learn that they it's not their responsibility to hit the ball out of the park. In other words, get someone to accept Jesus. That's God's that's God's responsibility. And that's very freeing. Okay. Yep. So stop trying to do those things, trying to count your conversions or something else like that. What he says is we need to stop counting conversions and start counting conversations. Yes. You need to just walk up to the plate and, and swing. Who cares if the ball goes out of the park? That's that's up to God. And uh and I think Christians really need a wake up call. That they need to to stop being scared if they're if they're fearful because I know some churches that won't even talk to people, and then the other side of the string, you know, the other side of the seesaw is you need to stop yelling at people and start talking with people. Right. A lot of people. I, 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 okay. Early on, 
when I was a new Christian. And of course, my examples that I followed were the examples that I saw in the church. And of course, I saw many examples growing up in the church where, you know, evangelism was an argumentative practice. You're going you're going to argue your points until they finally give in. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know I'm oversimplifying it, but really, honestly, looking back, I really do see it that way. Right. And so, um, you know, one of the things that I thought when I'm a, when I was a new Christian, I'm like sitting there trying to argue with people is like, you know, yes, God is real. Yes, God's word is true. God, you know, this is what you know is tr- this is what God says about this issue right. and this issue. Yes, this <laughs> is sin. And I'm I remember arguing if you would just do this, this would happen. And you know, all these other things I tried to do. And I remember doing all that. And I'm thinking, you know what? It's okay for me to argue, and I know that these people are are non-responsive, and they're arguing back, but this is my Christian duty, and this is what God... Oh, man. And it's like, you know what? That's not true. And I'm sitting there thinking, and and I remember thinking of, you know, well, I remember when Stephen was stoned, and and I remember the sermon he gave, but every single time you've ever, that I've ever seen a sermon that was quote-unquote judgmental and in your face, it was always directed to people who already proclaimed to have that relationship with God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was never, you never saw one of those in your face, you're brood of vipers and you're right. the you're right. the scum of the earth kind of message. Yeah. It was never directed to non-believers hmm. that, that I'm aware of. I'm right. not saying it's not there, but I, 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 looking back, any time I've ever seen evangel- evangelism to the lost take place, I'm reminded of oh gosh the 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 uh, was it the Ethiopian or the uh, Philip with the was it the Ethiopian or wh- what's that guy's I, what do they call that guy? Was a eunuch? Eunuch. Oh okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Philip and the eunuch. It's yeah. like you know, God. The Spirit led him to go and and say, "Hey, what you're eating?" And he's like, well, "I'm reading this. Do you know what it? Well, yeah. Let me tell you what that means." And you know, and, and it was a relationship, and they rode together. And he's like, "Well, let's stop right here. Why not? Why shouldn't I be baptized right now?" It was a relationship, right? Exactly. You know, and 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 of course, what did Paul do? It's like you know, he came in, he moved into towns, and and he shared, and it was always done out of love, out of gentleness, mm-hmm. out of respect, and and so. I, I have to admit, and I have to say I'm sorry to, gosh, I, I can't tell you the number of family members I've ar- tried to argue with. Mm. The the mm. ones that I told them, it's like, well, you're not going to do it, blah, blah, blah. It's like, right. wow, how awfully judgmental. In fact, um, I was listening in research this morning for this. I was listening to another podcast, and it says Christians, uh, another author of another podcast or a podcast said, Christians can, some, can be some of the most unthoughtful, uncaring, selfish, arrogant people. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and and I've been there. And I want to say personally, not and I say this I, I say this as a Christian for the overall church and DG and I were talking about that, but I want to say personally, I'm sorry for at times in my Christian life when I have been unthoughtful, mm-hmm. uncaring, selfish and arrogant with my faith. Definitely. And you know, I tell people all the time I get really sick of churches putting up these cute sayings on their on their signs in front of their church. And I said, you know, if churches really want to be effective at um, at share, being able to have an opportunity to be able to share who Christ is, either through their actions and just like St. Francis of Assisi said, go and share the gospel. And if you have to use words, right, <laughs> you know, through their actions or through their words, every one of those signs really should say, we're sorry. We're yeah. sorry for the church has done for, done to you, said to you in some cases, and uh, we apologize. Come in and let's talk. Wouldn't that be the most amazing church sign in the front? I think and just, so. And just to leave it up instead of saying, you know, the sun, you know, when the sun comes out, God reigns. You know, it's just like, oh my gosh, just, <laughs> I'm really, really sick of these stupid or cheesy church how signs. About seven days without prayer makes one. Weak, W E A K. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's just. It's just horrible. Those kinds of things that are out there. But I, I really get the sense that the church does need to do a lot of apologizing, and um, and a lot of of education, because there are Christians that are out there that are willing to have discussions and not be offended because of what you're wearing or what you're saying or how you uh, act or something else like that. They're willing to love you d- despite being. You know, you yelling at their face, you know, someone yelling at their face or or, you know, because there are other people that I mean, 
there's a big movement going on right now that that it's the atheists and they're saying, you know, we are going to push atheism and evangelize atheism just as much as the Christians have because they completely disagree with Christ and with Christians. And, um, and, and my, my question is, well, when's the last time someone actually sat down and ate with them? If we're, if we're putting all of our time and our energy at yelling at them or creating or setting up debates or something else like that, what we should be doing is setting up a bunch of a bunch of meals and a bunch of parties and, and and just get to know people, get to develop that relationship, because that's the only time that they're going to even give you the time of day because they're going to have to respect the cliff, the Jesus in the cliff that they see right. or the Jesus in DG or the Jesus in other Christians. Um, and I, and I, that's that's what really frustrates me most of the time about about what has gone on in the past. Um, and it's not, it's not happening as much. I don't think in the world today, I think the stuff that is happening in the world today are the ones that are just clinging and, and just holding on to what used to be. And so they're like even more loud and more <laughs> rude and arrogant and, and, and things like that because they're grasping at strokes because it's not effective. <laughs> right. They don't know what they're doing. And I mean, they, they don't, they just don't realize that they're pushing, they're doing more pushing away than they are. Um, inviting people into a relationship with Christ. So exactly, exactly. In fact, um, you know, most of the things that I found is that, um, in essence, what what really most people have against Christianity or being open to uh, the uh, uh, against following Christ, it's not necessarily Christ and His teachings. But the way that they've been approached by other Christians, it's it's right. it's either you've been too pushy, or maybe you've been so um, holier than thou that you you basically say this is what God wants from you, this is what God wants from you, and here you are. You may live that you know maybe thirty minutes of the week, but the rest of the week your life does not line up with any of that. Right. Right. And um, you know, and not to say that we have to be perfect, but there are a couple other things that I think we're going to talk about in a few minutes that talk about how we can be a, an effective person as far as when it comes to evangelism and sharing um, the good news with people. Right. It's yeah. There's a there's a great book out right now. It's I think it's like uh, Lord save us from your followers, or you know Jesus <laughs> save us from your followers, or something like that. Oh, I don't know. If Dan Campbell wrote that. I'm, I can't remember who. My who wrote my favorite quote. You know the most uh, important quote or the most valuable quote in the minds of the non-believers is dear god why do bad things happen to good people and in the mind of myself the best quote is dear god why do why do bad christians happen to good people <laughs> yeah you know? or even bad people yeah or, so or bad people or normal people <laughs> yeah that's right so anyway um no I, I the thing is 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 again i am not downgrading any of any anything that the church has tried to done in the do in the past, because you know, I'm not saying that they don't have the right intentions. Uh, I, this is not a judgment against those things. It's just the way things have come off, and it and it hasn't been effective. Yeah. Um, you know, is it possible to do? Is it possible to hand out some some little book that has to do with the most topically culturally relevant topic of the day, and have a couple scriptures in there and hand them out? I, I personally, I don't think that that's the most effective form of evangelism. In fact, I think it's very, very low on the scale of effectiveness. I, I think it's, I, I think it's cheap, and I yep. think you're cheating Christ when someone does that because it's, it's the, it's the easy way out. Here, read this. This will do what I'm supposed to do. You know, God has called me to develop relationships with other people, but I'm expecting a TV show to do it or this track to do it, and instead of saying. Hey, or even a podcast to do it for me. But I mean, you really do a good job of saying, I want to develop a relationship. Absolutely. Yes. And our purpose of this is to create a community of of people. And so, but I know a lot of people that expect that little sheet of paper, that little tract or whatever else. Hey, this is going to do all the dirty work. And I'm going to serve Jesus by standing on the street at this carnival here and to hand this to you. And what they should be doing is taking those people over and, and getting them an elephant ear or, you know, what is it called? Fry bread. I don't know what else. Um, uh, funnel cake. You know? Funnel cake. Go buy them a funnel cake. Sit down and talk with them. Yeah. Get to know them. Let them get to know you and let them be able to develop but DG, a trust in them. But DG, if I go to the carnival, I can hand out 300 tracks. Whereas if I did that, I might only reach one person. 
Yeah, all the more reason why that one person would actually have a foundation <laughs> <laughs> that when 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 the feces hits the fan in their life, that they might be able to have a community as well as a God that would be able to say, I'm, I'm right there in the midst of it with you. Exactly. Let's walk in the valley together. And then we'll have some mountaintop experiences. So too. you're saying that it's possible that in, in evangelism, in such a place as a carnival, that somebody sh- might possibly be important enough to take the entire evening of evangelism and focus the efforts on that one individual? Yeah, I'm thinking take an entire lifetime with that one individual. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's so, not just an evening. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and and that comes to my point of, you know, the idea that, um, you know, developing relationships with people should not be based upon whether or not they um, validate your own sense of beliefs or your own religion. And that's something that I used to struggle with a lot. I used to set, develop friendships and invest in relationships with people based upon whether or not they kind of agreed with me in a couple different areas. Number one, do we share some? Do we share any kind of goals or passions in common? Uh, you know, or but or if nothing else, do we share at least the same faith? And and if we don't, is it what are my what's the likelihood that I could convert you to coming over to what I believe? Right, and is the purpose truly conversion? Exactly. And I'll go back. You know, the conversion purpose, the purpose of conversion is God's. That's God's responsibility. You know, our purpose is to love and love. to care for people. And um, and that that's going to bring them into a relationship with Christ because they're going to see the Christ that's desiring for us to love them and care for them. Yes. So, uh, and, and I do want to say one other thing is that we, I don't, I, well, I personally am not speaking against the idea of apologetics. You know, because we, you know, we were talking about arguments and argumentation. Sure, and, there's and room for that. Yeah, there is room for that, and I think it's more for the believer than it is for the non-believer. And, and, and I, I think that apologetics is promoting relationship and promoting discussion, and, and that's going to be able to provide community, and then Christ is going to be found in the community. So I have no problems with apologetics, but I do want to say that a lot of people that want to do apologetics and, and think that this is the end-all, be-all, and they just, I mean, they really get into the science of it, and they want to go into, you know, whether it's creationism or evangel- you know, or, or evolution or whatever, you know, whatever they want to deal with, there is one aspect that's got to be understood, and that is the Holy Spirit is going to be working. Yes. And that it, that is a, a huge element that a lot of apologetics, especially the ones that want to just focus on the science, um, like the creation museum people, um, I really think that they're, they're missing, they're missing the understanding that the Holy Spirit is working. Well, throughout the, throughout the relationship, I don't, I don't know that it's okay to generalize for, for the entire group of people, uh, like because I happen to know several people from the creation science or the creation uh, museum that that very much l- align themselves with much of the same things that we believe here. I will say that that could be true of certain individuals in that, right? But but I, I don't want to generalize even even that ministry. Um, or any other ministry. No, no, no. I sake. mean, yeah, no. But, but, but yes, I, I totally agree with you. For people who, who just basically believe that the argumentation should be enough, should be sufficient right. for conversion. It, absolutely not. It is, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that does that. Sure. So, so let's talk about this for just a moment. What are some ideas for those who are listening to this podcast who happen to be a believer, maybe you're a brand new believer in Christ, maybe you've been a believer in Christ for years, and and you've only been invited with your church to hand out tracts at carnivals, or to go Tuesday night and spend the night going through neighborhoods, knocking on doors, and and waiting to, you're either kicked out or they've said a prayer. Um, <laughs> what, what are some effective ways that as an individual... Uh, we can live out some principles and values in our daily life that will help us to be more effective in, as in the area of evangelism or loving people and bringing Christ to the forefront, letting the light of Christ shine in our life. Sure. I have some ideas, but uh, I and, and we can discuss those, or if you want to share some off of your top of your head. Yeah, no, I, I think, go ahead and read like some of the years and I'll just, I'll add into it. Absolutely. I, I read it here, that's, that's good stuff. So number one, I, and, and this is huge for me, become genuinely genuinely interested in other people. I mean, this is 
for me, the first and foremost thing, I don't want to become interested in other, in other people so that, well, I have to become interested in other people for them to accept my message of Christianity. Exactly. No, that's not it. it that's not genuinely That's not genuinely interested. I mean, for, put everything else aside and just say, I want to become genuinely interested in other people. People who maybe or may not be a believer in Christ <laughs> or a Buddhist or right. an atheist or a Gnostic or whatever right. they may be. You know, the the thing is, is, number one, become genuinely interested in other people. Yeah. And, and I think that um, the way I would phrase that is um, stop being selfish. <laughs> if you think this world revolves around you and it is a huge temptation, especially if you live in the West. I mean, that's just that is the way that I think every human being is actually born is this this huge selfish intentional um, intentions and hard intentions. But find out some way to stop becoming selfish and start becoming selfless. And when you start becoming selfless, then you actually notice that there are other people around you. And then you actually, so the first thing I think you have to do is notice that you, the world revolves, does not revolve around you. Um, Donald Miller spoke at a catalyst conference that I went to at once and he gave three paradigm shifts. I remember the first two vividly. <laughs> the first one is number one, you have to understand that other people exist. Exactly. I mean, exactly. You, that may sound so ridiculous, so ridiculous. But yeah. no, seriously. Yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, if nothing else, tomorrow, let your daily devotional time be nothing else than other people exist. Yeah. And ask God to speak to you the truth in that statement. Exactly. Wow, that's a, that's some deep stuff there. And it doesn't sound like it'd be deep, but it is. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a true reality thing that I think that we have just kind of got suckered suckered into because I mean how they make money and they could make money actually <laughs> on on this but but our our society has basically said well the way we're making money is we're going to feed the selfishness of consumerism in you and because you want this you want this you you need this <laughs> that's actually the progression that used to be for me in my life it would be like hey Tiffany that sure is nice laptop that's a nice laptop and then like a week later it'd say Man, that laptop sure is good looking, and that that would help out a lot around here. Man, I would love to have that laptop. I like that. I need that laptop, you know. And that was the progression of thought, and it wasn't it wasn't until my wife came about, and she was like, "Do you realize you have a progression <laughs> of yeah. selfishness?" And um, man, I thank God for my wife every day. But praise the Lord. Um, but anyway, but yeah, I think that that is that's a huge huge paradigm shift that needs to occur. What's the what's the other one? Do you remember the second one? That oh said? yeah, yeah. And matter of fact, it goes right right along here. with gen, being generally interested in other people. Listen to this. Are you ready? It's paradigm shift number two. Donald Miller. <laughs> I, this do we need the timpani drum? Don't 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 This one changed my life. It I mean literally completely cool. changed my life. And as a Christian, people will never, ever, 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 ever care what you have to say or how much you know unless they know for a fact that you like them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. People, it doesn't matter how much you know, you can memorize four books of the New Testament, have it (laughs) backwards and forward, know all of the Greek and Hebrew, all of this other stuff. It doesn't matter how much you know, no matter what you have to say, people could care less unless they know for a fact that you like them, right. not love them. And Because God, well, we have to love everybody. We don't have to like them. Right, <laughs> Whatever. Right, right. No, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. It is required yeah. that we like people. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's, that is, that's huge. That's yeah. massively huge. Um, it, it's just so vitally important. I mean, and that's exactly what Christ did. Yeah. And it wasn't just it wasn't just the people that were friends. I mean, it was the people that were throwing dice for his clothes at his death on a cross. And Christ is saying, God, that that they don't know what they're doing. Please forgive them. Exactly. That's that's the God I serve. Amen. That, and and, serve. and he liked people. You know, yeah, and 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 you love parties. I mean, you turn water to wine for a for a know, huge man. party, <laughs> and these parties. I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the parties that went on back then, but I mean, they had lasted like days. Mm-hmm. As long as the wine was flowing, they were continued. Yes, and I mean, it was 
it, it was just unbelievable. It was a true, true party that was going on. <laughs> and they ran out and they ran out of wine. And Jesus was there at this wedding feast. And they're like, what are we going to do? Jesus turned it in, took the, the water, turned it into wine. And everybody's like, and, and, and people say, well, God, he never drank fermented wine. No, he's like, dude, these people say, listen, why'd you wait until the end to bring out the best stuff? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. It had to be fermented or else they would all get sick. And that's the reason they drank wine. And so it wouldn't get sick. I mean, but it had some alcohol in there. Yeah. But, and I think that, that, that and, it, and the reason he did that uh, was not just to so everybody could get drunk some more. All of that. Yeah, no doubt. I think he, he, he appreciated the community. But he saved embarrassment of the bride and and her father and that family. I mean, he saved the embarrassment of this newly wedded couple, and um, and he he honestly cared for Dude, people. Could you imagine Jesus coming to your wedding? That'd be awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome? That'd be cool. I mean, you talk. It's like you know who's on the guest list. Jesus. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like who's the Jewish dude in the back? I don't get it. <laughs> but but I think that would. Be- <laughs> And, and he saved the embarrassment, but also the thing that was most effective about that entire thing, in, in my mind, were the servants and his disciples, because they're the ones who saw um, that he cared about them enough to do this, you know, this, this sign of wonder. Um, yeah. But it was most effective to the people that he was in the back of the scenes with, that he was standing around. It was not necessarily for the... You know the other people in our party, and what what drew people to Christ? I mean, it, if you think about this, and of course, going back to this idea of evangelism, and our goal is to make sure that we do anything and everything possible to make sure that everybody chooses to follow Christ, right? Right. Well, if you think about what did Jesus do one day? He's like, well, let's. He turned around, got a couple hundred people following him. All right, turns around, looks at him, said, "Have you guys counted the cost here?" I don't, let, let's talk about the future here. Let me tell you about some of the things that might happen in the future if you choose to continue to follow me down this path. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, are you are you sure? And do you know what he allowed people to do? Turn around and walk away from him? Sure. How many, I mean, now where does that fit into your personal evangelism training at your church? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, you know? it, it fits in with, the, oh, fine then, and flip him off. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like us to call down fire from heaven <laughs> james and john yeah yeah sodom and gomorrah have it easier than you you know uh, uh, yeah, no. but i yeah it, it has to involve relationship and part i mean what did christ do he's like i'm coming to your house today yes so i, mean, I want to eat with tax collectors and prostitutes and the people that you can't stand as a church you know as the jewish people i want to i want to eat with the people you call traitors called tax collectors and the you know, prostitutes yeah, I mean, he hung out with everybody that would hang out with him. Exactly, and that's that's exactly what we're called to do, and and not just to not just to go be with them for a minute, but as far as it is possible for you to establish a meaningful relationship and be genuinely interested in that person. I think you have to live life with them. I think so. I really do. And 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 if you're if you're going to be <laughs> if you're going to put some actions where your mouth is. Uh, you know, I really appreciate some of these people like Shane Claiborne and and um, Vineyard Central people up in Norwood and Cincinnati that that literally on purpose moved to the wrong side of the tracks, mm-hmm. so they can say, "I'm here for the long haul, and I want to live life with you, and I want to be able to bring the kingdom in this place." Yeah, that's that's in my mind. I'm like those those that's the real deal. Yes, those are the people that care. Those are the people that are willing to sacrifice the the safety of their families to be able to go and to share the gospel. Yeah. Um, just awesome. Just awesome stuff. All right. So another tip here that I wrote down for ideas of effective evangelism is learn to be a more effective listener rather than being a more effective talker. Yeah. So before we, we mentioned that sometimes a Christian will have this misunderstanding to think that, that really only the pastor or an evangelist is qualified to really give that message because... You know, and, and so therefore there are some churches that have personal evangelism training courses where they teach people how to be more effective speakers, how to give the arguments more concisely right. and clearly. And in essence, there needs to be a lot of training on how to listen to people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. That, and, and, and when, you know, that you just summed up relationship, healthy relationships is ones that, you know, have have listening as just as important as the speaking. Exactly. And, and that's just a requirement for relationship. You know, my my uh, pastor, where I first got involved in ministry, says, God gave us two ears and one mouth. 
we should listen twice as much as we'd speak. <laughs> well, what's that say about nostrils? You know, like two <laughs> two know. holes for a nose. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> two holes for for excrementing the waste <laughs> out of your body. <laughs> well, not including sweat, man. You got a lot of pores for sweat, so. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Sorry, I have to uh, yeah. always take it one. I, I know the analogy breaks down at a certain point. So, <laughs> all right, uh, live a life that is in line with the teachings of Christ. Now that goes right and long with the next one. Be honest and authentic, though. Yeah, and and that's something I've really been trying to accomplish through my podcasting efforts. Is that you know I try to share the teachings of Christ as much as I can clearly demonstrating that this is what God wants for me in my life. But at the same time, I'm honest and authentic about the fact that, you know what, today, like for the Almost Daily Devotional, uh, I never want to be known as a hypocrite. So the way that I approach that is I attempt to say, this is what I'm reading in God's word. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, we will basically, uh, you know, this is where I'm struggling to live according to this. Yes, Exactly. Yeah, I think that it, it has to be able to have that opportunity to be able to say, and I think good, healthy Christians do say, hmm, I wonder if this is effective. I wonder if I'm actually doing something right or good. Um, and is this even is this even healthy? <laughs> right. For myself as well as for everybody else. Yeah. And so, so basically, one of the things to avoid as a Christian is to, is basically avoid preaching at people. This is what you ought to do. This is what you ought to do. This is what you ought to do. Instead, I find it very effective in saying, this is what God, I believe, is calling me to do. And here's where I, this is where I got this. I was in prayer. I was reading God's word. This is what God shared with me. And this is where I'm at. And you know what? This is where I was a year ago. This is where I am today. And you know what? This is where I hope to be one day. Right. That's a powerful way to share God's desire for our daily living yeah it is i think it's that authenticity um you know it's kind of like exactly what you just said they don't care a rat's behind what anything about the bible they don't give the bible the authority so why are we using the bible (laughs) that is the weirdest thing well the bible says blah 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 blah, and they're like i don't care about the bible there's no difference between i don't believe in that exactly there's no difference between just put together by yeah it's put together by a bunch of men exactly that's what they believe i mean so exactly so the only way they're going to really really sense christ is to see the power of the word in you exactly is to be able to see who is this relationship that you have and uh you know, the relationship between you and God will rub off on the relationship between you and others. Exactly. You and the normal people. And and um, and hopefully you and Christians as well. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, all right. So remember that the goal is to... Pe- I, I, I love this one. Remember that the goal is to bring people to Christ, not the church. Amen. I... I you know, I, it's... it's there, there's been a shift uh, among my generation... Um, at least as far as I can tell, the ones that are the ones that are hip and cool, you know, like you and me, um, <laughs> that that we have stopped. We've stopped using church terminology as much and started using kingdom terminology. Yeah. And and I think that that shift is very, very beneficial when it comes to evangelism. If you're thinking about kingdom things and not necessarily church things and and going back to the Great Commission, Christ did not say, stay right here, stay right here, stay right here, build a temple, and if you build it, they will come, and I will send them all to you. He said, go and make disciples. And 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 I think that that is just so important because so many people think, well, we've got to bring them to the church. Right. And I'm not even talking about the people of the church. No, what Christ was saying is, if you're going to be called my church, mm-hmm. you're going to be in the world. You're going to be purposely going into the world knocking on doors, loving on people, the heart doors or physical doors, whatever. <laughs> right. And you're going to be able to be my hands and my feet and my voice in this world, a voice of justice, a voice of love, a voice of grace. Right. And um, two words that are very important in Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20, two words, therefore go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> people think, well, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, very important. I trust me. I understand. <laughs> oh, making, yeah. making disciples, understand. Baptize them. Yes. Understand. Good stuff. But here, let's not forget, therefore, go. All right. Yeah. And it's not to the church. It's to it's to Christ. Yes. It's to a relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
that's it's just that's awesome. Yeah, and and at the end of those tracks, you know, all the Roman roads, the four simple or the four uh, spiritual laws, the the all, every track that has to do with every cultural thing of the day. Yeah. At the end of those, they all say, you know, if you'd like to re- start a relationship with Christ right now, all you need to do is say this simple prayer. Repeat, you know, say this out loud. Blah blah blah. Right. I want I want to just say that it's not a prayer that brings about salvation. It is a relationship with Christ right. that brings about salvation. Right. And and they have it partly right because if you're talking with someone, then you have a little bit of a relationship. Yes. <laughs> and, and so I can understand where that would kind of see, but it is so much deeper than just one conversation. Yes. <laughs> it is a lifetime of conversations and conversations that actually change the way you act and the way you think. Right. Uh, which changes the way you act and the way you speak and the way you live. Um, you know, that's that's what's going on here. That's the understanding of, in my mind, that's understanding of repentance. It is not just saying I'm sorry, but it is literally saying my whole life I'm doing a 360, but I have to think about changing before I actually do it. Yeah. And, and I think that we have to allow people to be able to think about doing the 180 and going a different direction. Um, with Christ, we have to allow that uh, that opportunity to, for them to wrestle. Absolutely. And uh, the last note that I have down here for ideas for effective evangelism is remember that it is our responsibility to bring Christ to the people. It is God's responsibility to bring people to Christ. Hmm. Okie dokie. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And so uh, that's that's what I have. Anything else that you have on the top of your head? No, I think we had a it was a good conversation. I, I hope that I hope that Christians listened and I hope that normal people listen too. Yeah. That they can be able to say, you know, hey, here are some Christians that are not going to beat something down my throat and they actually want to hear my frustrations with the church and my and I think that's one other thing that I think that a lot of people get confused, especially if they're normal people, is please, 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 I'm begging you. <laughs> Do not push your thoughts about the church onto Christ. Yeah. Uh, that's why we're saying sorry about the church, uh, uh, because the church has just not gotten it right. And I'm talking over history. We didn't get it right with the Crusades. We didn't get it right, you know, with a lot of stuff that we've done in history because we're human beings. I mean, we're people. We get things wrong. Yeah. But please do not confuse um Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, with 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 God's people, yeah. And um and and I really I want I have to throw it out there. I mean that's the reason I'm saying I'm sorry. Yeah. On behalf of the my people, my tribe, you know, uh, Christians, is because I think that a lot of people have been hurt by the people in the church, and they push all those hurts onto Christ as well. Yeah. And so you know I, I'm begging you to, and and I'm also begging normal people. To help educate Christians, mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able to say, you know, if you would spend half as much time yelling at me and, 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 but instead eating with me and, and listening to me and finding out about my life, that'd be so much more effective. Don't you get that? Yeah. Man, that would be awesome because then you as a normal person would be evangelizing exactly. the, the true understanding of evangelism <laughs> to Christians that really need to hear that. And I think a lot of parents need to hear that mm-hmm. because parents freak out that their kids are not, you know, don't have a relationship with Christ and all they're really doing is rebelling against their parents because they were so strict <laughs> yep. about growing up and stuff like that. I mean, I get I get calls all the time from from parents or grandparents saying, what do I do about my, stu- my, my, my son or my daughter that's going to college? I want them to know who Christ is and I want them to have a church. And I was like, there's nothing you can do. You know, you got to let them be able to wrestle with God. Right. Instead of shoving it down their mouth, you've got to let them wrestle. So. Yeah. And, anyway. and and if you're out there and you're a normal person who has not yet uh, made a decision to follow Christ, I want to let you know it's okay to wrestle with the truths of God. It's okay to have lots of questions. It's okay. It. It's okay to have doubt. Yeah. And I just want to encourage you to do whatever you feel led in your heart to seek after Jesus Christ and who he is and who he might, what he might be able to offer you in your life. Yeah. And pastor Dan in the chat room says, 
Uh, if you haven't read it yet, go read Blue Like Jazz because they talk about the confessional booth in the college. Have you ever read Blue yes. Like Jazz? And I haven't read the book. I, Don Donald Miller's the right, yeah. author. Which did he, is did he talk about the confessional booth in college that they uh, set up? No, but it, but friends of mine who went to the Catalyst conference with me read the book and then told me about it. Oh, so. okay, yeah. But it was the funny thing was is when someone walks into the confessional booth, it would be the Christian confessing the you know, hey, oh, I'm so yeah, sorry yeah, that I, we do this, and we do that, and we've done that. It wasn't it wasn't they get to come in and give their confessions. It yeah. was Christians that were confessing to normal people. Exactly. Um, so anyway, it's really good. It was good, good stuff. stuff. Well, folks, thank you very much for listening to yet another episode. Oh, of, sorry, Pastor Damon, not Dan. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Yes. Pastor Damon. All right. So anyway, uh, we want to say thank you for listening to another episode of About the Church. And uh, whether you're a normal person or a Christian, you're invited to call with your comments, with your questions for the About the Church podcast. The phone number is area code 859-795-4067. Again, that number is area code 859-795-4067. I forgot the number for a second. But, uh, and of course, if you have found this podcast um, something that's inspirational to you, uplifting, and you want to help support what we're doing here, uh, send. you can either go to gspn.tv slash plus, become a plus member, or if you would like to help donate to this, uh, this ministry that we're doing through podcasting, uh, just contact me at feedback at gspn.tv, and I'd love to be able to tell you how you could do that. And thank you very much. God bless. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.